the eleven went to Galilee and to the mountain in which Jesus had directed them. And they went and saw him and worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God. Thank you for Jesus, Lord. Thank you that you have saved us. You have brought us together. And Lord, as we come together now, we want to listen to your instruction, God. We want to listen to your word. And so here we are, Lord. We're, we're honoring you. We're giving you glory, Lord, by singing what's true about you, by, by fellowshipping and loving one another. And then also, Lord, by giving you our minds. And so God, as, as Arya read that word, we're praying, Lord, speak to us, God. We believe that your word is not just some old sterile textbook, but it is living and active and you are able to speak to us, God. You're able to convict our hearts and challenge our minds. And so Lord, we, we assume a posture right now, Lord, that says, here we are, God. Have your way in us, grow us as individuals, develop us as a community. And so that when other people see us, Lord, the result would be you would be glorified because Things are happening here, Lord, that only you could do. So God, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for grace and peace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Go ahead and grab a seat, guys. Go ahead. Thank you, Max. Thanks, band. Happy New Year. Are you guys having a happy New Year so far? Do you guys know that I haven't seen you since last year, right? Do you guys miss me? Oh, don't answer that. All right. Yes. If you don't have nothing good to say, do not say anything, I suppose. But um, I've heard it said in many times and in many ways. No, not Merry Christmas. Have you ever heard the expression, New Year, New You? Anyone? Have you heard that? New Year, New You. Meaning, brand new year, I can immediately erase everything that has ever happened in my life. And starting now, I can be a brand new person, right? New year, new you. Anybody ever make a New Year's resolutions? Have you made a New Year's resolution, right? Anybody make New Year's resolutions this year? How many did not make New Year's resolutions? Okay. How many of you resolved to never make a New Year's resolution again? Gotcha, because you did. It's a trick there, you see it? it happens every time. I, I myself made a list of New Year's resolutions, and I, I thought I'd share them with you. Can I, can I share them? New year, new you? I'll go ahead and share them. I'll take your silence as a resounding yes. Resolution number one, I will stop sending daily gifts to multiple threads. Anybody get that one? Please don't put these on the screen right now. Thank you. Stealing my thunder. Thunder stolen. Number one, I will stop sending. Anybody struggle? Anybody addicted to gifts? Maybe some of you pronounce it as GIFs, so you're not understanding what I'm saying. There are these little boomerang rotating pictures and um, my family threads are addicted to them. And they live on the East Coast, so I wake up to about eight of them every morning. And many of them involve rhinoceros poop. Number two, I will conserve more water in 2017 by taking less showers. Resolution number three, I resolve to work with neglected children. They're called citizens. Number four, I will think of a password other than password. Number five, I will reduce the laundry piles in my room by using more deodorant. 
Number six. <laughs> hey, don't knock until you rock it. Number six. I will stop giving the same excuses for not doing my chores. I will think of new excuses. And number seven. I will choose better friends this year and stop hanging out with people who ask me about my New Year's resolutions. Those are my New Year's resolutions. Thank you. Th th <laughs> Some of you guys don't laugh because you think I'm serious and you're like, this guy's sad, right? New Year's resolutions, man. Like we make jokes every year about, dude, New Year, I'm gonna work out every single day of the rest of my life. You know, and we just kind of like, it's like a joke, right? Like we know that the gym is gonna be full for about the first 24 hours of the year, right? You know what I'm talking, how many of you guys, like, you say, I'm gonna work out this year. I'm gonna go to my school gym or I'm gonna join a new club. Anybody, like, you work out? And then February comes and you're like, oh yeah, I have a gym membership, right? Or like, I'm gonna read books this year, right? And then you don't read books this year. Anybody, what are some crazy New Year's resolutions that you guys come up with? Because I guess I'm, I'm striking out here. Well, yeah, go ahead. His New Year's resolution is to have a New Year's resolution. Do you have one? Yes, I guess. Wait a minute. You, I guess you can't fail that one, huh? It's like finding the extra day in the week. Um, all right, yeah. So, so it, it's honestly, though, it's like a joke at this time of year of we're going to make New Year's resolutions and then we're not going to keep them, you know? And so no matter if you made a New Year's resolution or not, you have to admit that there's something about a New Year, right? There's something about a fresh start. There's something about the beginning of a year where we can kind of just sit back and evaluate. And so this past week, um, I went away, you know, I was on the East Coast hanging out with my family and, and I took a day to go and I wasn't going to make New Year's resolutions because I'm not really into those because I know that they don't always last. But I did want to take advantage of the new year and I wanted to just take some inventory and I wanted to sit back and I wanted to ask myself some major questions such as, What's my life all about? You know? What do I want to be when I grow up? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't ask myself that question. I'm a little bit late on that one. But I but I did ask myself questions like, what what is what do I want my life to look like this year? What do I want to do differently? How do I want to grow? Where do I want to be a year from now? Right? Did anybody have thoughts like that toward the end of the year and the beginning of this year? It's all right. It's all right. One day, one day you'll have thoughts like that, you know? I'm sorry. I will not. My New Year's resolution, I will stop making fun of my students to their face in front of them because I can't hide. Uh, you're like, is he making fun of me? I am, um, but I won't anymore. And so here's what I want to do, right? New sermon series. Everybody say, our house. Say it like you mean it. Our house. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take some time here in the new year not to ask ourselves personally, not to take inventory of who we are personally and what we're about and what we want to be, but I want to do it together as a community, okay? Because citizens is our house, right? This is who we are. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to take a look at some pretty big questions, such as, what are we doing here? <laughs> Raise your hand if you're here at Citizens tonight. That's a softball, all right? I'm just getting you warmed up, right? It's a trick. You give them some confidence, you know, be like, am I here? Yes! Right? I just broke my New Year's resolution. I'm making fun of them again. Do you guys forgive me? New Year's resolution? Will you forgive Sam a lot more? Yeah. Shaking your heads. Oh, man. I quit. Anyway. Um, but I want to do that. I want to I take some time to ask ourselves the question, why are we going to come to Citizens this year? Who is 
citizens. What, what, who are we, right? And what, this is what we're going to find. And this is how I narrowed it down. By the end of this series, we're going to find three. Everybody say three. Say three. Three. Actually, this is three. I learned this week in sign language that this is six, right? This is nine. This is six. This is three. So we're going to do three. Three, all right? Three marks. Everybody say three marks. Three marks that define our house. And so when people ask you, you know, where are you going on Wednesday night? Why, why do you go to that youth group? What are they all about? You're going to understand that there are three marks that define our community. Three traits that if you remove any one of those, you realize that's not us anymore. That's not what our house is about. If you go to any one of your houses, if you go over to your friend's house, or if I come over to your house, I can tell a lot about your family by looking at your house. You know what I'm saying? I can tell a lot about the culture and the DNA of your family by looking at just the way you've organized your house and what you do and how your family spends their time, you know? My wife is all into this, actually, side note. She calls it domesticity. Um, it's a very fancy word, and it's like the science of making your home cozy. I was like, I thought that was called feng shui. She was like, no, it's domesticity. She doesn't talk like that. I resolved to stop making fun of my wife. Moving on. Uh, and so domesticity, right? And, and she says, Sam, the first thing when people come in our house, they can't see our TV because that's not what we're about. And I'm like, but it looks good there, right? But she's like, no, because your house, the way that you do things and the way that you decorate and all those things, they tell people what you're about. And so if you were to walk into your house or if you were to tell people about your family, what marks would define your family? Do you ever think of that? What traits could you tell people, this is what my house, this is what my family is all about? You ever thought about that? Mine is food, fun, and food. Three marks of the Cassis household in that order. But those are not the, the marks of our citizen's house. And so what we're going to do for the next, we're actually going to do it three weeks twice. So we're going to see, we're going to repeat these marks so that we can get them. And we'll look at them as a gathering, but then we'll also look at them individually. Three marks of our citizen's house. And tonight we're gonna to see the first mark. So are you guys ready? Everybody say the first mark. New Year's resolution. I will stop asking you to repeat random phrases throughout my sermon. No, I won't. <laughs> but that's why it's a resolution, because I can break it. So go ahead, open up your Bibles, break out your Bibles. We're gonna be getting down in Matthew chapter 28. Grab your notes here. Aria beautifully read our text. So open up your Bibles, grab your notes, grab a pen. We're in Matthew chapter 28. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Matthew chapter 28, starting verse 16. If you got it, be like, yup. I'll wait, I'll wait. Go ahead. You're scrolling. Tessa's thumb is going to fall off. She's like, scroll faster. Dude, if you're scrolling, <laughs> let's not even go there. New Year's resolution. I will bring my Bible to citizens. Are you with me? Oh, my gosh. New Year's resolution. I'm going to pray for my students more because they need it. Um, all right, Matthew chapter 28. You got it? You ready? Scrolling, scrolling. We're there. Starting verse 16. Now, the 11 disciples, they went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all, everybody say all, all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All right, so Jesus is talking to his disciples, but this is not just an ordinary conversation. This is not an ordinary day of hanging out with Jesus on the mountain because Jesus just had a rough weekend, if you will. Anybody know what the background is to this text? It's Easter. It's Good Friday. You have to understand the magnitude of this text. Jesus was dead. Do you understand that? Jesus Christ was literally dead. And so now the disciples, before Jesus died, and then even once he rose, he told ladies, hey, I'm alive. Yes, I know you're freaking out. Woohoo, not a ghost. Go and tell my disciples, meet me in Galilee, right? So the, so the disciples, they go over to Galilee and they're like, Jesus is alive. Yo, dude, Jesus is alive. What? Jesus? They go to Galilee and they're standing in front of Jesus, their teacher, their Lord, who they just saw murdered a few days ago. And yet, they're standing here and they realize that the one who was lowered into a tomb was now raised to power. Students, if you witnessed me, okay, and this is totally hypothetical, please no ideas, but if you were to witness me being beaten and whipped and my beard plucked out and spit on and marched up a hill and crucified on a cross on Monday, and I'm preaching on Wednesday. How many of you guys are uh, treating that like a normal Wednesday? Right? Max stands up here, right? And he's like, all right, citizens, why don't you guys stand and sing? And our dead youth pastor is going to come up here and preach in a few moments. And you're like, what? Right? And then Chad comes up and he does announcements. He's like, first announcement, Dream Center meeting. Second announcement, winter camp. Third announcement, Sam's back. Right? And you're like, I went to his funeral. Right? I saw the dude beaten and murdered. What do you mean he's back? And friends, the disciples, they're here and they're realizing that the one who was dead, the one who was lowered into a grave, he's standing here before them and not just like, hey, what's up? But he's standing here and he has been exalted to the highest position of power and authority in the universe. He's standing here and they realize that the one who was put in a grave has now been put in charge. Eh, prove it, Jesus. What do you mean you have all the power in the universe? Prove it. Uh, he's alive. Some, guys, sometimes we read the Bible and we're like, oh, those are nice words. And Jesus appeared to his disciples and he taught them. What would your face look like, right? He was dead and he's standing here Oh, right? Like, I don't think Jesus shone on a normal basis. I think he was an ordinary guy. He was a carpenter. I think he may have been shining. I think you would too if you were raised from the dead. As a matter of fact, you will one day when you're raised from the dead. You'll have a new body. The Bible says that. But he's here and he's standing there and he's like, and, and he's alive. And he says, I have now been given the highest position of authority in the universe. And they're like, how can we know this for sure? I'm alive. <laughs> drops the, he drops something, right? He drops the sash, right? Jesus always has the purple sash. He's like, whoosh, whoosh, right? He did not have a purple sash. But he's alive. He's alive. 
He was dead, and now he's alive. He's literally standing in front of them, and this is the point that I'm making. The fact that death couldn't hold him down. The fact that their teacher was literally dead and is now alive. Like, do you get, time out, time out, time out. Do you get this? Like, do you understand that when you tell your friends you're a Christian, you're saying that you believe in the fact that there was a guy who was literally dead and he's now alive? Like, do you ever get caught up on that? Like, a little bit, right? Like, you wake up in the morning, and you're doing your prayers, and you do your routine, and then it's like, sometimes there's just, like, this, like, slap of sobriety, and you're like, wait a minute. I believe in a man who is dead and is now alive. Do you ever, like, just fathom that? Never. You're like, never. I'm super Christian. Awesome. Here's the mic, right? He was literally dead, and he's now alive. But here's the point. Here's my point, right? They're, look, they're looking to him. And they now realize, because death couldn't hold him down, because he has done something supernatural, they realize this. He was who he said he was. If there was any doubt in their minds that this Jesus guy may have been even just slightly off his rocker, right? I mean, I see people all the time coming through and saying that they're God. They're in Portland, and they're usually homeless, right? You know, I am God. Give me money. And I will dance. You know what I mean? Like, people claim all the time to be God. So if there was any thought in their minds that this was just a random dude claiming to be God, they weren't convinced by the miracles, he's standing in front of them, and the fact that he is raised from the dead students is proof he was who he said he was. He is the king of God's kingdom. Jesus came proclaiming good news that all of you sinners could now come into God's kingdom. And, and guys, 2017, everybody say kingdom. That's my last repeat. Repeat after me. Say kingdom. I'll never do that again. Repeat after me. Say kingdom. All right? Kingdom is actually going to be a major theme this year, right? In 2017, as we go to camp, as we come back from camp, we're going through, I'm not even going to tell you where we're going in the Bible, right? But we're going places. And the kingdom, you have to understand, it's a big deal. Jesus came and he was saying, hey, good news, you can now live in God's kingdom. Meaning you can now live under God's rule and his reign. And guess who the king is? And they're like, tell us, Jesus. And he goes, I am. I'm the king. Jesus is the king of God's kingdom. He's the chosen king. He's in charge. And he proved it because he rose from the dead. <laughs> yeah, by the way, he rose from the dead. And so here's, here, here's what I want you guys to understand here. Like, our movement, our religious organization, <laughs> I hate when people talk about it like that. Christianity is a religious organization because it just makes it sound better, right? Like, you can be politically correct and still attend a religious organization, but to say you're part of a movement that believes in a dead guy who rose from the dead, ah, now you're kind of crazy, right? You're one of those crazy people. But listen, friends, we're not some, like, religious hipsters who are into, like, classic religious teachings, you know? We're not just, like, these, like, vintage, you know, I just love dead people, dead poets, and dead teachings. And Jesus just so happened to be one of them. No, we don't believe in a dead guy. We believe in a man who literally rose from the dead and we now realize that the one who was lowered into a grave has been raised to power. And this is what God is planning. This is why God did that. Because one day, God is going to judge every single human being. One day, every single human being is going to come and be judged based on one thing. Every single one of you in this room will stand and give an account before God one day, and it's going to be based on one thing, and one thing only. How did you respond to the king of God's kingdom? 
How did you respond to the one that God put in charge as king, as vice regent, as lord of his kingdom? How do you respond to the king? How do you respond to the one who was lowered into a grave but then was raised to power? And so here's Jesus, right? We're reading the verses and we go, wow, he was dead and now he's alive. And Jesus is standing there and he's telling them, I was dead and now I'm alive. I now have the highest authority in the universe. And so there's really only one thing left to do. <laughs> if he's the king about which every single person in the universe will be judged, if he's the king who is Lord of everything, then there's really only one thing left to do. And those are the instructions that he gives his disciples here. And the teaching that he is about to tell them is one of the most famous verses in all of scripture, okay? And I actually challenge you, all right? Raise your hand, raise your hand. All of you just accepted the challenge, thank you. I challenge you, now I'll tell you. I want you guys to memorize the Great Commission, all right? Everybody say the Great Commission. The Great Commission, this is what the, the words that we're about to read are some of the most famous verses in all of the Bible, okay? And it's called the Great Commission, which commission simply means to be sent out for a responsibility, okay? That's like what I do to my wife sometimes where I'm like, babe, I have a commission for you. We need cookies in this household, right? My wife has a supernatural ability to make cookies. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know somebody like that? You know? If you think that just anybody can make cookies, <laughs> you're wrong. I'm serious. Don't laugh. Stop. It's not funny. Not just anybody can make cookies. Write that down. That's the most important point tonight. I'm just kidding. We're not going there. My, but a commission simply means to be given a responsibility, to be sent out. And so we see here, some of you guys are writing down, I will make cookies. Challenge accepted. I love it, right? But what we see here, in light of the fact that Jesus is king, he gives his disciples the great commission. And let's read it here. Look at verse 19, okay? Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, in light of the fact that I'm the king, in light of the fact that I'm the king of God's kingdom, here's what I need you to do. There's only one thing. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We see that Jesus gives his followers a mission. Make disciples. Jesus gives his followers a mission. This is not a suggestion. This is not the great suggestion. This is not the great idea. This is not the great invitation. It's a commission. I'm sending you out with a sense of urgency. Followers of Jesus, because I am the king, because I am the one through which everyone in this universe will be judged, there's really only one thing left to do. Go make disciples. Go and make disciples. Who knows what a disciple is? You know what a disciple is? A disciple is simply a student or a follower, right? So, I mean, you can have disciples about anything, right? I'm starting a knitting club starting next week. If you want to come and be a disciple of mine, I will teach you how to knit, right? And you can become a student or a follower of my teaching. Anybody? Knitting club? Yeah, awesome. I don't know how to knit. I'm a false teacher. I apologize, right? Yes, nod your head. Thank you very much, Courtney. So, right, a disciple is simply a student or a follower. And so Jesus says this. He says, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples of me. 
you're standing here. Like imagine the scene, guys. Close your eyes and imagine you're on the mountain, right? You're in Galilee and Jesus is standing up here. I can't get over it. He was dead. He was literally dead and he's standing here and he's giving you instructions and you're not like, all right, maybe if I get to that after I watch, you know, a couple of seasons of whatever on Netflix, right? It's like, he was dead. This is the resurrected king. Yes, I will do anything you say right now because you were dead, all right? So tell me, what is it you want me to do? And he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go out and I want you to declare the gospel. I want you to go out and I want you to call people to respond to the king of the kingdom. I want you to go and I want you to declare good news and call people to respond. I want you to go and I want you to call people to stop living for themselves and to come and follow me and be my student, be my disciple and learn from me how to live for God. I want you to call people to the gospel. And so students, this is the first mark of our community, okay? Like, if you don't understand this this year, okay? How many of you have been here for less than six months at Citizens? No way, that's awesome, okay? How many have been here for more than six months? <laughs> Everyone else, that was really good. See how I narrowed it down there? Exactly six months, you're like, I'm neither, right? <laughs> Listen, if you've been here for a short amount of time or if you've been here forever, you will not understand who we are, what we're doing, or why we're doing it if you do not understand the first mark of our community. And it's this, we are a kingdom declaring community. Citizens, we are a kingdom declaring community. That's the first mark of who we are. That is the first mark of our house, okay? And the reason why it's so important to who we are is because Jesus, he was dead. Did you know that? He was literally dead. Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, he stands up and he gives us the commission, make disciples. We're not a group of people that are into big events. We're not here every Wednesday because we like flashy lights. Speaking of flashy lights, wow, boxes, awesome, right? With lights, I love this place, right? That's not what we're about. I don't care about the lights. I don't care about how many events we do. I don't care about going to G6 and nailing people in the head with dodgeballs. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's fun, right? Pinsky still has the marks on his face. But like the point is, that's not what we're all about. Ultimately, students, we are a place that is doing nothing less than calling students, than calling you, than calling your friends, come and live in the kingdom. We are doing nothing less than calling people to make a decision that will change their eternities. And this is why this is the first sermon of the year, because I want every single one of you to have an urgency and an understanding in your heart that we don't just attend youth group, put some money in a bucket, sing some songs, and go home, friends. This is not normal. This is not an extracurricular activity. This is not a fun group that you can put on your resume. This is a place where we are doing some of the most important work in the universe, we are calling people to put their faith and live their lives for the resurrected king who is dead but has now been raised to power. Make disciples. And so every single week of this year and of every year that citizens exist until Jesus comes back, we are a kingdom declaring community. Where are my high schoolers at? Do I have juniors and seniors in the room? Listen to me. This is what I want you to do, all right? Side note, this is what I want you to do. 
when you, when you graduate high school and you leave citizens and you go, to a co- go away to a college town, if you're, if, you're, if you're going to college and you're staying in town, you're still here at citizens, right? But once you move on, here's what I want you to know. Find a place that is a kingdom-declaring community. Find a place that is doing soul work and they're not just coming and giving you good messages and they're not just coming and patting you on the back and like, dude, I heard a preacher say recently and he stood up and said it with a straight face and I literally... I was like boiling on the inside. I was sitting there and I almost stood up and go, no! I literally wanted to do that. And my wife just put her hand on my knee. She's like, don't, Sam. She said, Sam, 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 I'll make you cookies. I'm like, fine. She puts her hand on my knee. She's like, she's like Sam, because I was just like, I'm just antsy. I just wanted to, I wanted to flip some tables, but the guy stood there and he said, God wants you to feel good about yourself. All authority. He was dead. He was literally dead. He was dead. And he's standing from the dead. And his first words to his disciples are not go and make people feel good about themselves. We reduced the resurrected Jesus' words to feel good about yourself? No! He gave a mission to his disciples. Make disciples. And so Citizens is going to be a place that is not chiefly concerned with making people feel good about themselves and making people feel better and and making sure their self-esteem is high. Friends, I want your self-esteem to be high, but only because you start to realize how much Jesus loves you. Only because you have, I want you to have peace, but not a false peace, all right? I want you to come here and have peace, not because I said some nice words and I stroked your ego and I said, don't even think about hard things because everything's going to be all right. And then I sing Bob Marley, right? No, I want you to have peace that comes from knowing that your sin is no longer on you, that your shame has been removed and you are now a son or a daughter of God. Then you can feel good about yourself because you realize that God loves you. And he's done something about your sin and your mess. He gave a mission to his disciples. And what was the mission? Make disciples. And so Citizens is and now and will always be a place where we are calling you. Come and live for Jesus. If you're here tonight, listen, because I know there's many of you in here that aren't Christians. And, and we talk about this all the time at Citizens. If you're not a Christian, come. You're welcome to come and hear the message. Come and be in relationship with us and come and understand what we're about. But if you're not a Christian, Friends, come. Make a decision to follow Jesus. Stop living for yourself. You can come into the kingdom. You can come into God's family. That's good news. And we are a place that every week, week in and week out, we will be declaring that. This is a community that I want you to invite your friends, and we'll get there. But you invite your friends, and you tell them the good news. Because Jesus gave his disciples a mission. Make disciples. But here's the cool thing, right? Jesus didn't just tell us what to do. He told us how to do it. Do you guys see what he did there? Jesus must have been a preacher or something because he gave us three points. He said, I want you to make disciples. And then he told us how to do it in three easy steps, right? Three easy payments of $49.99. No, I'm kidding. Um, but But he did give us three steps here. And I want you to look at them real fast. Let's look at it. How do we make disciples? How do we call people into the kingdom. How, do, how are we a kingdom declaring community? First thing he says, look at verse 19. Therefore, 
Therefore, go, right? The first thing, if you're going to be a disciple-making community, if you're going to be a people that declares the kingdom and the good news, you need to be a community that goes. Jesus stood there, right? And again, like I just don't, he was dead. He was literally dead. Well, I think metaphorically he rose. No, he rose from the dead. I can't get over that. But he's standing there, right? I don't know why he puts his hands up. Jake Newell, he did it to me, right? Brazil, he got me. I guess that was Brazil, not Jake Newell, but he imitated Brazil. It was the statue during camp. And so Jesus is standing there, right? And like, and he doesn't say, hey, now listen, I want you to sit tight. And anybody that comes your way, you tell them. Hey, disciples, all right, you're going to stay here in Galilee. I want you to get a nice condo, indoor pool, sit tight. And anytime somebody comes across your patio, just, you know, maybe give them a track, right? Just sit tight. When people come to you, tell them the good news. No, 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 he doesn't say that. He says, go. There's an assumption while you're going. There's an assumption that followers of the resurrected Jesus, they're going, right? They're going. They're building relationships. They're getting to know people. They're going. They live with a sense of urgency. They live with a sense of purpose that says, I'm going. I'm going. I'm making relationships because I want people to know, hey, dude, Jesus rose from the dead. What do you mean? I saw him. He was who he said he was. So the first way that we make disciples, we go. We go, right? We go. And so some of you in this room, you're going to go across the world. Some of you in this room, guys, I believe this all my heart. Some of you in this room, and you don't even know it yet, but God's will for your life is to call you into missions work. And you're going to go across the world. And you're going to give your life in, whether it's third world countries or whatever countries, right? And you're going to give your life to people groups that are not familiar to you. Why? Because you want to make disciples. You're going to be going. Some of you in this room in a couple months with the Haney's and myself and possibly a few other leaders, we're going to be going across the country. We're not going across the world, but we might as well be because we're going to the Dream Center. And we're going to go, we're going, we're a going movement. Why? To make disciples. The first way to make disciples. What do we do? We go. And then whether or not you're called across the world, whether or not you're called across the country, here's where you are called, my young high schoolers, my young middle schoolers, you're called to at least go across the room, right? You're called to go across the room. There are people that God is putting in your life. There's people that God is putting in your world. And the call is this. If you don't go, they won't know. I want to make disciples, Lord. I know about 20 of my friends in homeroom that don't know you. Can you make them disciples? He goes, you make them disciples. And the first step is going. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 13 and 14. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yes! Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Friends, you want to make disciples? Our house is going to be about making disciples? Then we got to go. We got to live with a sense of urgency and, 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 a, and, and a sense of purpose on the front of our minds that we're going. I will never go to third period math class in Camus. I will never go to fourth period French class at Union. I will never go to sixth period cut class. Oh, wait a minute, seniors, sorry, right? 
I'll never go to wherever you go when you skip school, all right? We'll put it that way during the school day. But you'll be there. Go. 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 The first thing, making disciples, we go. Look at the second thing. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Make disciples is the main command. Make disciples. How? By going. Number two, baptizing. The second step, if you will, the second way that we make disciples, we go, number one, and number two, we baptize. We baptize. What does he mean here? Do you have to be baptized to become a Christian? Here's what he means, right? He means call people to the point of decision, right? Call them to the point where they opt in and they say, yes, I am going to live for the triune God. I'm going to be baptized according to him in his name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How many of you have witnessed a baptism here before? Dude, did anybody watch the Christmas video? The, the LifePoint Christmas video? It streamed. Dude, keep your hand up. You watch that video? How many of you were bawling? You're like, can't go with you there, Sam. Sorry, dude. I literally was bawling, man. My wife is sitting there and she passed out because we're like East Coast time. And so she's knocked out. It's like one o'clock in the morning and I'm watching like the last view of the day at 11 or whatever or 10. And I'm sitting there just, and I had like a stuffy nose from the flight. And so my ears are plugged up. There's like no air able to come out of the holes in my face. But snot is everywhere, dude. I'm just like, I can't even breathe. And I'm just like, it's nasty, man. But God is so good. I watched, what was it, 50, 44, right? 44 people this year get into a baptismal tank at LifePoint because they came to the point of decision, right? They came, how many of you got baptized this year? I know. Anna got baptized. Anthony, Evan, dude. I watched you, dude. I cried. I saw you go in the tank because you got baptized by both your parents. Dude, they came around you and they literally body slammed you into water. Not because you were punished, but because it was the greatest day of their lives, right? You got baptized, dude. You became a disciple. Baptism is about coming to the point of decision to say, I live for Jesus now and I'm going public with my faith. Side note, if you're in here and you have made a decision that you want to live for Jesus for the rest of your life, no turning back, get baptized. Get, tonight, tonight. Don't get baptized tonight, but come and talk to me tonight. All right, like, I, t- I show up in staff meeting. I'm like, hey, uh, baptize 15 people on Wednesday <laughs> outside, right? Just like we couldn't wait any longer. They were so excited. But if you want to get baptized, dude, if you live for Jesus, if you want to be a disciple, you get baptized. That's what you do. That's what you do. And if you're here and you're not a Christian, like I said, follow Jesus. I'm pleading with you. I'm urging you. That's what we do here. That's who we are. We are a kingdom declaring community and we're declaring to you, come into the kingdom. Go, go, put your faith in Jesus and then go public with your faith. And so baptism is a huge part of making disciples. That's why we celebrate it big here. Dude, we have parties, all right? And we're actually gonna do that even more in 2017. Every time we do baptisms, dude, it's a party. Just like iPads to everyone. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm, yeah, sorry. But we're gonna party, man. Do you guys know what the Bible says? Like, You need to read your Bible. This is what the Bible says. Every time a sinner turns to Jesus, meaning every time a human being leaves their old lifestyle and decides to follow the resurrected king, do you know what heaven does? They do a little golf clap, right? They go, oh, cheerio. (laughs) He got some wetness in the tank. Cheerio. I can just imagine the angels, oh, sport, did you see Sam dunk him? That was a mighty dunk. Did you, right? Little golf clap, right? The judges, 10 for sanctification. No, they party. 
There's a party in heaven. I can't even imagine that, dude. Like, my goal is to make the party in heaven. Like, first thing I'm going to go there is fall on my face because who can stand before the resurrected Lord, right? Number one, worship. Number two, I want to party. All right, guys, welcome to heaven. So uh, you've had a long time to think about this. What would you like to do today and for all of eternity? And I'm like, I'd love to sing because I really want to see those weird creatures flying around singing your praises. Um, so we'll do that for about 10,000 years. And then maybe we can take another 10,000 years and just party with the angels, right? It's like all the party angels come out. It's like you thought it was a bass. It was actually their wings, right? Right? I don't know. But that's what happens. You're laughing, but it's in the Bible. Not the bass part, I guess, right? I read with creativity. It's my imagination. It's a blessing and a curse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. My fault. I'm sorry. But we party, right? Because the way that we make bat the way that we make disciples, we go. Right? We're characterized, we're going, we're meeting people, we're connecting. And number two, we baptize, meaning we call people, get in the water, live for Jesus. You know what would be the worst thing in the world? You know what would literally be a nightmare? Let's say I move on here and I'm no longer the youth pastor in like, you know, 35 years, let's say, right? Just a quick 35 years in youth ministry. And I leave, you know what would be the worst thing that I could ever have happen? A student comes up to me, right? And they're probably older by then and they're married and they have children and and they go, yeah, I, like, I never realized in youth group, while I was in youth group all those years, like I never heard the call to like actually come and opt in for Jesus. I just thought by going there, I was there. We are a kingdom declaring community. So nope, first of all, nobody in this room can ever say that because you're here. But I mean like, God forbid that somebody new comes in 2017 and they, are, and they go so long before being confronted by this message from the youth staff and from the Bible. Be baptized. Put your faith in Jesus. We're making disciples. How do you make disciples? You go, baptize, and then the third and final thing here, you teach to obey. Look what he says. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This is the final thing here, okay? Hey, I have good news. Uh, Ashley, or Jim, or John, or Johnny, or Mary, or Anna, or Tessa. I have good news. Your parents called me. And they told me to pass on some instructions. You are to build a doghouse tonight. That's all. How many of you would be able to build that doghouse? Liars! No, you wouldn't, right? Like, I saw it on TV once. Yeah, you did, right? I have instructions for you. I want you to build a doghouse. Ready? Go. You fail. There's no doghouse. What are you doing, right? Now, what if I did this? What if I called you and I said, hey, your parents called me and they want you, they have commanded you, as a matter of fact, to build a doghouse. Let me show you how. See the difference? Go and build a doghouse. Come with me. Let me show you how to build a doghouse. See the difference? Jesus said, this is how you make disciples. He was dead. Oh my gosh, I can't get over that. He was literally dead. And he's alive. He's the king. He's the king. And so he's here, right? He's alive. He's alive. And he's telling people, make disciples by going, baptizing, and then teaching them. But what does he want them to teach? Look at the text. 
What does he want them to teach? Does he want them to teach them to teach people his commandments? You're like, Sam, this is a trick question. I smell it. It's not. He wants them to teach people what Jesus commanded, but more than that, he wants them to teach people how to obey what Jesus commanded. So imagine if I stand up here as a youth pastor, right, every week, and I'm just, and I have my list, and I go, good morning, or good evening, in an alternative universe, I have an accent. Good evening, open up your Bibles, here are the 10 things God wants you to do. Number one, obey your parents. Number two, live in purity. And number three, do not steal. Let's pray. Would that be a bummer of a message, right? Oh, my ears. Would that not be a bummer of a message, right? Jesus doesn't want me. Jesus doesn't want the youth staffers. Jesus doesn't want his followers just going out into their classrooms and teaching their friends what Jesus said. He wants us as a community to teach people how to obey what Jesus said. See the difference? And so friends, here's the deal, right? If you're here at Citizens and you want to learn what Jesus commanded, just sit back. Sit back, listen, take some notes, and we can teach you what Jesus commanded. But if you want to learn how to obey what Jesus commanded, if you want to learn what it looks like to obey Jesus' commands. If you want to know how you can possibly live out what this resurrected king has called for, if you want to know how, then you can't lean back and just listen. You got to lean forward. You got to engage in community. You got to come and build relationship because it's in relationship that we can teach you how to obey what Jesus said. If you want to know that Jesus commanded you, and we'll get here later this year, one of the greatest sermons of all, the greatest sermon of all time, if you want to know what he said, just sit back and take notes. But if you want us to actually walk with you and teach you how to obey those things by the power of the Spirit, then we're going to have to do it together. We're going to have to go on a journey together. And friends, here as citizens, we're making disciples by teaching you not just what Jesus said, but how to actually obey what Jesus said. And if you want that, friends, if that's you, if something in your heart which is the Holy Spirit, resonates inside of you and you hear these words and you go, yes, I want to learn how to obey Jesus, then you're in the right place because that's what we're about. We're making disciples. And so maybe your New Year's resolution this year in 2017 is to stop being isolated, stop being anonymous, stop slipping in and slipping out, and you actually form a relationship with the people in this room that have facial hair, right? For you guys, right? You're like, I thought he was a freshman. No, it's Chris Haney. He's 30. <laughs> right? Like, why is he here? He's a freshman in Camus. They grow him big over there, right? Can you imagine if Camus football started recruiting, right? <laughs> Chris Haney shows up on, like, varsity football team next year. And just, just talk funny. They'll believe you. But in 2017, young ladies, maybe you start forming relationships with some of these older young adults and some of these married people and some of these parents. 
come and learn how to follow Jesus. So how do you make disciples? You go, you baptize, you teach. You guys are playing choir. You're like, let me think. Uh, was it go? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Max. We see. He's such a cheater, dude. Let's look at the final verse here. Look at the final verse, and then the, I'm going to have the band come up. Look at the final verse here, students. Ready? What kind of community are we? A kingdom-declaring community. But look at the last verse here. He says, and behold. Everybody say, Behold. Behold, that's it, just behold, thank you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you, how long? Always, but where will you go with me? To the end of the age, everywhere. Here's the final point tonight, guys. Those on Jesus' mission have Jesus' presence, okay? Those of you in this room, citizens, those of us who are on Jesus' mission to make disciples, I got good news for you. I got some encouragement. Those of you going away to university next year and you're going on Jesus' mission to make disciples, I got good news for you. Those on Jesus' mission have Jesus' presence. Everywhere that you go, you will experience hostility. Do you know that? Do you realize that as you're calling people to to follow Jesus and then you have the audacity to tell them that he was dead and he's now alive, do you know that you're going to get some funny looks? I mean, dude, let's go back to the scene. Flashback, right? Flashback, Jesus is here, and he shows up, and he was dead, and now he's alive. And look what the text says, and it says, but some doubted. How thick do you need to be? I don't know about this Jesus guy here. Uh, I don't know if he really is who he said he is. He literally was dead. And so if there were people that didn't believe in Jesus as they're looking at him rose from the dead, how many people know there's going to be some people that don't believe in Jesus because you tell them? All right. You're going to experience hostility. People hated Jesus. They hated his message because it was offensive. So they'll hate you, those who carry his message. But here's the encouragement, friends. Everywhere you go on Jesus' mission, you have the promise of Jesus' presence. I'm not naive enough to think that every single person that comes through Citizens is here because they want to know God. I've had conversations with students and young adults and old adults and elderly adults who refuse to bow their knee and follow Jesus. But I don't get discouraged. We don't need to become embarrassed. We don't need to lose heart because we know that he's with us on this mission. And friends, if the Jesus who rose from the dead... If the guy who couldn't get beaten by death is on our team, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. We can take courage. Those on Jesus' mission have Jesus' presence. And so three marks of our citizens' community, three marks, we learned the first one tonight, we're a kingdom-declaring community.